Are you feeling anxious right now and just overwhelmed and burdened just trying to raise your family, right? Trying to be there for your children, for your spouse, or any of your other family members, or your job. Your platter is full right now. Your emotions, your energy, your mental capacity, it probably just feels taxed right now. And then you have the headlines, right? Doom and gloom, it all seems to be. Things seem to be going from bad to worse. It seems as though there's no justice in our world right now. Everything is very unjust. Good people are being labeled as bad. Bad people being labeled as good. Things seem very unfair. And maybe you're even wondering, where is God in all this? Why isn't he coming and just putting a stop to everything now? Why can't we just flip that switch and bring righteousness to our nation? And you know, several thousand years ago, there was a man who faced the very same things that we are in many ways. And he began to question where God was and wonder, he wondered why God wasn't doing what he felt God should be doing at that very moment in order to, to stop things. And so he questioned God about it. And as I was reading about this, it just jumped out at me how much this pertains to today. And it, for me, was a really good lesson in how to embrace, actually, bad news, <laughs> news that we did not want to hear, that we were hoping not to hear, and how to ultimately trust in God, trust in who he says he is. And so I want to share that with you today. I want to look into that a little bit with you today and hopefully strengthen and encourage you for whatever it is that lies ahead. Because I believe this story really will do that. If you prayerfully bring it before God, open your heart and trust him. The, the overall theme of this story is that the righteous shall live by faith. And again, I think it pertains so much to today. So stay tuned. After a couple short messages, we're going to get right into that book in the Bible. Hi, and welcome to One Little Candle, a place where genuine believers are encouraged, empowered, and inspired to be the light that God calls us to be by contending for the faith that God has entrusted once for all time to his people so that we may pass down undefiled the truth of God's infallible word to the next generation. And in case you're thinking that you can't make a difference in your own little corner of the world, yes, you can, because all it takes is one little candle. I'm your host, Rebecca Bershwinger. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. One Little Candle is a member of the Christian Podcast Community, where you'll not only find great podcasts like this, but you'll also find great podcasts such as these. Hi, I'm Sharon Wilharm, host of All God's Women podcast and internationally syndicated radio show. I'd love to invite you to join me as we bring to life the stories of women in the Bible and discover their relevance for our lives today. Listen at allgodswomen.com, your favorite podcast platform, or at christianpodcastcommunity.org.
Ephesians chapter 4 verse 25 therefore laying aside falsehood speak truth each one of you with his neighbor for we are members of one another for his name's sake what's up everybody i'm jamal bandy the host of the prescribed truth podcast where i seek to distribute the truth that the doctor prescribes to the church and the world today the lord graciously brought me out of a cult in 2010 saved me in 2013 and in 2017 prescribed truth began my mission has been to spread the truth of god's word while refuting dangerous lies affecting most churches and the culture at large from a biblical and reformed perspective join me on sundays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time for the live recording of the podcast on YouTube and download the audio version wherever podcasts can be found, including the Christian Podcast Community. If you would like to know more about Prescribed Truth, please visit my website at prescribedtruth.com. And remember, this world is full of errors, but the only thing that the doctor prescribes is truth. Blessings. So check it out at christianpodcastcommunity.org. Hey, how are you today? Thanks for joining me. Look, I know that you've probably got a lot weighing on your mind right now with everything that's going on, the news headlines. Um, The world is a hot mess. <laughs> I guess it, it always has been, but um, so much is just magnified. And I want to do a little Bible study today on Habakkuk. It's a very short book in the Bible. It's only three chapters long, but there is a lot packed into those three chapters. And the name Habakkuk, people aren't 100% sure, I guess, of the meaning. But according to the John MacArthur Bible, the name possibly means one who embraces. And I think that is so appropriate because even though Habakkuk is very grieved and frustrated by the evil and the injustice around him, and he's feeling that God just isn't stepping up to the plate and um, punishing evildoers for their sin and defending, vindicating the righteous. And God also drops a bomb on him about the coming invasion of Habakkuk's nation. But even with all the frustration and the bad news the prophet Habakkuk clings to God and puts his trust in him. He embraces God's plan, even though it may be confusing and he doesn't understand it. He embraces it. So I think the name one who embraces is is perfect. And you know, God seems to do that a lot, doesn't he? People are given names in the Bible according to their calling in life or God's plans for them. So here we have Habakkuk. Justice has disappeared from the land. He's living amongst pervasive wickedness and violence, and it seems to be going unchecked. And Habakkuk's crying out for God to please just intervene. And he doesn't get the response from God that he had hoped for. God responds by telling him he's sending the Chaldeans to judge Judah. And Habakkuk's like, what? Those people are more sinful than we are. Why are they coming in and taking over our people, our our nation? And so he argues with God a little bit about it. So let's start in chapter one. If you have your Bibles, open up to Habakkuk chapter one. It is between the, the books of Nahum 
and Zephaniah in the Old Testament. So Habakkuk chapter one, we have Habakkuk's complaint and he says, O Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear or cry to you violence and you will not save? Why do you make me see iniquity and why do you idly look at wrong? And by the way, I'm reading from the ESV version. Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law is paralyzed and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous. So justice goes forth perverted. And you know, we're seeing that in this day and age. So what's happening here is nothing new, right? It happened thousands of years ago in Habakkuk's time. And instead of God responding to Habakkuk, well, Habakkuk, you're right. I'm going to vindicate you and your people right now. Enough is enough. I'm going to put my foot down. I'm going to cleanse and purge and chasten and send revival among your people and restore them to righteousness. Right? That's probably what Habakkuk, I know that's what I would have liked to have heard had I been Habakkuk. I'd love to hear that right now. I'd love to hear God just say, oh, going to restore righteousness here to your nation, to the United States, to the world. But no, God answers in chapter one, verse five, he says, look among the nations and see wonder and be astounded for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told for behold, I am raising up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation who march through the breadth of the earth to seize dwellings, not their own. They are dreaded and fearsome. Their justice and dignity go forth from themselves. Their horses are swifter than leopards, more fierce than the evening wolves. Their horsemen press proudly on. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle, swift to devour. They all come for violence, all their faces forward. They gather captives like sand. At kings they scoff. And at rulers, they laugh. They laugh at every fortress for they pile up earth and take it. Then they sweep by like the wind and go on guilty men whose own might is their God. So God just described to Habakkuk the evil, wicked nature of the people that are coming in to invade their land. And Habakkuk's like, wait, 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 God, are you not from everlasting? O Lord, my God, my Holy One. We shall not die. O Lord, you have ordained them as a judgment and you, O rock, have established them for reproof. You who are of purer eyes than to see evil and cannot look at wrong. He asks God, why do you idly look at traitors and remain silent when the wicked swallows up the man more righteous than he? He's asking why God, the Chaldeans are worse than we are. Why are you using them to bring judgment? On us, we're, we're better than they are. We're more righteous than they are. And in chapter two, Habakkuk said, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. And the Lord answered Habakkuk and he said, write the vision, make it plain on tablets. I'm in chapter two now. So he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him. But the righteous shall live 
by faith. So here God, he contrasts the proud, right? The righteous, he says, will live by faith. They will be fully preserved through his faithfulness to God. Now, does this mean preserved from trial or tribulation or from the effects of the invasion? No, it's eternal preservation, right? These Chaldeans may be able to come in and wreak havoc in their land and kill the body, but they can't kill the soul, can they? And the righteous, they will live each moment in faith, through their faith. And the believers, right, they're going to persevere in their faith. God goes on in chapter 2, verse 5, to describe some of the traits of the Chaldeans. He says, Moreover, wine is a traitor, an arrogant man who is never at rest. His greed is as wide as Sheol. Like death, he has never enough. He gathers for himself all nations and collects as his own all peoples. Now, as we go on further, God pronounces woes to the Chaldeans. He informs Habakkuk of the eventual judgment upon the Chaldeans for their invasion of Judah. And he says, woe to him who heaps up what is not his own for how long and loads himself with pledges. Will not your debtors suddenly arise and those awake who will make you tremble? Then you will be spoiled for them because you have plundered many nations. All the remnant of the peoples shall plunder you for the blood of man and violence to the earth to cities and all who dwell in them. Woe to him who gets evil gain for his horse to set his nest on high, to be safe from the reach of harm. You have devised shame for your house by cutting off many peoples. You have forfeited your life. For the stone will cry out from the wall and the beam from the woodwork respond. Woe to him who builds a town with blood and founds a city on iniquity. And as I'm reading this, I think of the invasion of Ukraine by Russia, right? Cutting off peoples, taking over towns with blood, and founding a city, you know, trying to claim a city as their own in iniquity. Behold, it is not from the Lord of hosts that peoples labor merely for fire and nations weary themselves for nothing. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And so if you'd like to keep on reading, um, in the interest of time for this episode, finish reading chapter two, God has more woes for the Chaldeans. And so then in chapter three, Habakkuk begins to plea for God's mercy for Judah. He says in verse two of chapter three, O Lord, I have heard the report of you and your work. O Lord, do I fear? In the midst of the years, revive it. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. And so then in verses 3 through 15, um, and you can go ahead and, and read those on your own. But Habakkuk, he described things from God's past intervention on Israel's behalf, such as the delivery of people, his people from Egypt, uh, the conquest of Canaan, And he also painted a picture of their future redemption. And he ends it and he says, I hear in verse 16, and my body trembles, my lips quiver at the sound. Rottenness enters into my bones. My legs tremble beneath me. Yet I will wait quietly for the day of trouble to come upon people who invade us. So here we have, again, bad news for Habakkuk, 
thinking and hoping that God might just somehow come and just snap his fingers maybe and make things right and bring about revival. Instead, God says, no, there's a vicious warrior nation that's going to come and invade you. I will punish them eventually, but for now, I'm going to use them to punish Judah for their disobedience. Fast forward to today, we see judgment upon our own nation. We have strayed from God. We've rejected him. We have made legal and celebrated things that he finds a disgusting abomination. And we're trying to force others to participate in that celebration, to acknowledge those things and to not call sin, sin. We now have a very unrighteous administration leading our nation. Um, If ever there was proof that woke people cannot, are incapable of leading one of the greatest nations in the world, the Biden administration is living proof. Because in order to do so, you need to be based in reality. And unfortunately, the woke generation lives far from reality. They are in their own little fairy tale world. And it's, it's very sad. It's very sad that they can't, they're not capable. They're operating through such a depraved mindset. They're just not capable of seeing things as they are. They let their vain imaginations be their truth. And again, they're trying to force their supposed truths on others. And we know that we must face our own judgment here. If we haven't learned from Israel, and we haven't, um, but we could learn a lot about God's judgments of Israel throughout history. I guess what's different is we've we've um, succeeded at destroying ourselves from within, unfortunately. Um, don't know as though military invasion is, is, is a threat or though, although, you know, Hey, anything can happen, right? I mean, there's concerns of some sort of nuclear war right now or world war three starting, but again, only God knows exactly what's going to happen. We know though, that the Bible has told us that things will grow bad and they will go from bad to worse. And When God punishes a nation, unfortunately, the righteous suffer because of it as well. But we have an ultimate hope that the best is yet to come, right? So the ending of Habakkuk, chapter 3, verse 17, Habakkuk rejoices in the Lord. And he says, though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, The produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on high places see our security and our hope they're not based on temporal blessing but only on God himself 
which is the essence of chapter 2, verse 4, that said the righteous shall live by faith, right? When Habakkuk said that God makes his feet like the deer's, a deer is sure-footed. They can scale mountain heights without slipping. And so Habakkuk's faith in God enables him to endure the hardships of the imminent invasion. He's not going to slip. He's going to remain faithful and firm and steadfast in the Lord. And that is what we need to do here in this day and age. We need to remain steadfast in our trust in God. We need to look up and not around. You know, never before have any of us faced such life-altering events as we've experienced amidst the coronavirus. We had, you know, the COVID, we had deaths and sickness and quarantines that hurt us economically. And life as we know it was changed children couldn't go to school, people couldn't go to work. And then we had vaccine mandates and shutdowns of so many things. And every day it seemed we, every minute of every day, it seemed we were just bombarded with, with bad news. We found ourselves thrust into an unwanted new normal at lightning speed. And then came uncertainty about the future. And the irony is that the future has always been uncertain, but I think we were living in our own little bubble thinking that we had so much more control than we really did. COVID reminded us that we don't have control, not the way in which we'd like it, but we do know God does, right? But when we feel that control slip from us, that perceived control, what happens? Well, we've got fear and anxiety. It just rears its ugly head. Panic sets in, right? And we start that desperate search for comfort, for security. And a lot of people did it through stockpiling and hoarding of things like toilet paper <laughs> and what we deemed as essentials. But it just seems like such doom and gloom. And now we have people's rights being stripped, their freedoms being stripped through vaccine mandates. Um, we have protests. We have people rioting in the streets and pillaging and destroying our neighborhoods and towns and businesses and homes. And we've had our law enforcement attacked and people wanting to defund them and such lawlessness. And then our lawmakers defending lawless people, bailing them out of jail, our media defending them. Okay, we have people who are standing for freedom or who don't agree with this false ideology that's out there. We have people being labeled as domestic terrorists. We basically have good being called evil and evil being called good. So everywhere we look and now we have a, a large country invading another nuclear war threat um, and climate change, which climate change. Please listen to my episodes with Dr. Jay Weil about climate change the government and certain scientists trying to instill fear in people about climate change. There's no need to fear climate change. Why? Because God is in control. This is his world. This is his planet. And again, please listen to my episode. Listen to Dr. Jay Weil talk about the actual scientific data, which by the way is very inconsistent. Um, 
there is no immediate future threat because of climate change. And by the way, climate's always changing. And not only that, if you read our Bible, the earth is going to be functioning just fine until God himself disrupts how the earth is functioning. We think we're in such control and the world revolves around us. And actually we've come to be worshiping what they call mother earth. Climate change has an agenda behind it. One world government. That is the ultimate goal. One world government. Again, God is in control of the environment, the weather, all these things. It's his planet. He calls the shots. And when he wants to cause disruption, he will. Read the book of Revelation. There's going to be a lot of disruption, but it doesn't have anything to do with climate change. My rant for that, that is done. But hey, I just want to say, let's redirect our gaze. What if we began looking up more than we looked around? What if we fixed our gaze heavenward, right? Amidst all this chaos and uncertainty, we have to stop and remember, we have a heavenly father who is firmly seated on his throne as the sovereign ruler of the universe. Yes, this virus caught us by surprise, but it did not catch God by surprise. He knew it was coming all along. He knew the day. He knew the time. He knew what the final death toll would be. He knows the cure. He knows how we're feeling. He sees our struggles. My friend, he sees your struggles, whether it's a family struggle, an internal struggle, an economic struggle, any struggle you have. He sees you. He sees your struggles. He knows the what, when, where, why, and how, right? God knows. And let's focus on the why. He knows the why. Why is this happening? So often we wonder, why God? You know, there are many things in this world we don't have any answers to. And well, we're dealing with an invisible enemy, right? Like the coronavirus. We're also dealing with an invisible spiritual enemy, right? We're dealing with the spiritual realm. That's what this whole thing is about. It's all spiritual. Everything that's playing out in the political arena, it's spiritual at the root. God knows why COVID happened. He knows why the Ukraine is being invaded by Russia. He knows why things happen. And you know, I know sometimes we demand it, but the truth is he owes us no explanation. He really doesn't. Now he does expect us to trust in him. He expects us to trust in who he is. So who is he? Who is God? In the book of Exodus, Moses asks God to display his glory. Exodus thirty three eighteen. Then Moses said, I pray you, show me your glory. And what does God do? He honors Moses' request. But instead of this stupendous display of his power and majesty, God speaks to Moses of his name, his character. 
Exodus 34, 6 says, Then the Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and truth. What God did before Moses was he shared his nature. And that nature was his compassion, his grace, his patience, loving kindness and truth. And you know, those aren't merely traits that God possesses. They're who he is. They are him to the very core. It's his core nature. And the sovereign God of the universe, he's the creator of heaven and earth. He's the creator of you and I. He has the absolute right and full authority to do or allow whatever, whatever he desires. And the truth is when things are at their worst, God is still a kind, loving, compassionate, gracious, and slow to anger God. He wants us to trust in who he says he is, right? He's earned our trust. He deserves our trust. The illusion really has been broken for many. The illusion that we're in control. We have so long been in this bubble of false security and the comforts that we've had through money, possessions, science, technology, relationships. And our little bubbles, they've been popped. Our security and our comforts they're being threatened on a global level. And we've taken so much stock in these perishable and unreliable things, yet we fail to trust in the infinite living God as our source of provision, protection, knowledge, and security. Look, I don't know what the future holds. You don't know what the future holds. None of us know what the future holds. And we're not guaranteed tomorrow or even the next minute. And I know that can be unnerving, but for those of us who do know God, because of God's grace through our belief in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we have hope. We have peace. We can have peace in the midst of uncertainty. And it's a peace that comes not because of what God can do. We already know all things are possible with God, right? Luke 137, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. But we have peace, comfort, and security because the God of Exodus 34, 6 loves us and he's promised to never forsake us. Deuteronomy 31, 6, as a matter of fact, where God says, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord, your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. So no, we do not know what the future holds, but we do know who holds the future. So look up, my friends, not around, and be a Habakkuk. Rejoice in God through the worst of things, knowing that he is our strength. He is our hope. He is our comfort. He is our salvation. Look up and not around, for tis there your Savior will be found. Thanks for hanging out with me. Um, I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for words of encouragement. Um, if I can just reach one person during an episode, 
That's awesome. That's all I ask. One person. Get another candle lit, right? Or another flame that's maybe burning, not very bright. Get it burning bright again. And all the candles that that person's going to light along their way. That's how it works, right? You affect one person who affects another person and so on and so forth. And, and instead of one little candle burning, we've got one great big light. So be that one little candle this week, okay? Study Habakkuk. Be a Habakkuk. Trust God. Rejoice in him. Even when the news is bad. God is still God. He's still a good God. And he's still on his throne. All right. I've got a great song for today, and it is Praise You in This Storm by Casting Crowns. I will have the link to the song in my podcast description. And you know, another great song I think for today would be Good, Good Father by Chris Tomlin. Check out those songs. Sing along. Listen to them a few times so they stick in your head for a little while. And of course, in your heart. Check out my website, onelittlecandlepodcast.com. There you'll find some links to some important ministries, as well as information and links to my previous podcast guests. You can also follow me on Instagram at onelittlecandlepodcast. Hang in there, my friend. You're not alone. We're in this together. And remember, you are loved. Until next week, you take care and God bless. Would you consider donating to Striving for Eternity? This ministry is one that tries to reach out to some of those smaller churches that most people, most speakers want to avoid. But by our monthly donors, it allows us to get into smaller churches and provide for them the seminars and conferences that usually only larger churches can do. We can do that because we have monthly supporters who on a regular basis support us so we could support others. Would you consider being one of our monthly supporters today? You can go to strivingforeternity.org slash donate and set up for a monthly donation today. Your donation helps us to be able to spread the gospel around the world, to be able to disciple others and to provide resources for churches and people who are struggling to grow deeper in God's Word. Consider donating today at strivingforeternity.org slash donate. And we thank you very much for your consideration.